Hey guys, welcome back to the Genesis Block podcast. Today we're going to do a thematic analysis again for you guys and today's topic of analysis is the web3 music industry. Uh so with that over to you Sid. Awesome. So guys, uh like he mentioned, music web3 music is the topic of today. Um just to set the agenda, first I'll just quickly go over, you know, the history of the music industry not too in depth, just the key items. uh which will give context to the next section which is you know the web3 music promise if you will uh what what the potential what the technology says is possible but not ha- not is yet um has come to fruition uh and then i'll touch upon what the current landscape is looking like um and then of course we'll just conclude with just some opinions or some you know uh things to look out for uh in the near future and the long term future right um so with that let's just begin uh so i i think the music industry is a quite a unique industry um in the sense that of course all industries have been se- severely disrupted um reinvented um by the evolution of technology uh, music is no <clears throat> different from that context because you've had you know since world war 2 you've had music consumption mediums constantly in a state of flux from you know vinyls radio walkman um you know i um, apple itunes um, and then of course streaming services now right um but uh, all throughout uh, you know the two two things that have been pretty uh, you know um uh, that, that that have remained unchanged so one is that the labels the music labels um you know have retained uh, almost like a monopoly on just the influence they have in on the industry that's one and second is in terms of total value generated um music has always been seen as um underwhelming right uh, absolute numbers um is around 30 to 40 billion dollars um the total industry value uh, but if you compare that with say gaming right which is another form of entertainment um today it's at a 300 400 billion dollar um you know industry value um now i personally i also think that this is not you know this discrepancy is uh, indicative of some 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 more fundamental issue um because if you look at it the top you know the the list of the world's wealthiest musicians um they have always generated their wealth through means outside of the music industry right and at the same time um, so so a few examples of that before i move on is you know dre um making most of his wealth through the deal with beats right and and therefore dapple stock you see kanye with yeezys rihanna with fenty and diddy with sirock the the you know the vodka the vodka brand um so if you just compare this with the fact that you know six of the top 10 most followed individuals on social media are indeed musicians right um so there is some contradiction here between how much cultural value music and musicians hold and the total value that generated by the industry right um so this is a quick context quick quick history um, you know to to keep in mind as we discuss going on, going forward um now just you know coming to the present uh the key stakeholders right of the music industry like i mentioned definitely the labels that's one second are the songwriters composers 
who does the recording artist who we you know colloquially termed as the music artist um then you have the dsps um aka you know the spotify's the um uh, apple music the streaming services essentially and then you have the publishers and the distributors now we don't need to know what exactly you know role each person does because i mean to be honest this industry while organized is quite um fragmented from the sense of there are a lot of moving parts a lot of variables um but the main people or main stakeholders to be aware of like we already mentioned are the artists themselves and the labels right and dsps now that they've you know in the in recent times really just um just got have become very integral part of the whole um, value chain right um so dsps labels and artists right now with those as the main stakeholders um it's interesting to know that right now um the cost of music production right is at an all time low via um you know softwares like you know various uh, digital um audio workstations like you know you have pro tools uh, you have logic so basically the software you need to create studio level quality um, tracks are now accessible on your laptop right um so that has really made it super easy for artists to or anyone to create music but at the same time the cost of discovery of music right has it's an it's 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 at it's at an all time high because there's just so much of it now um so coming back to the stakeholders the record company or you know the labels um initially in the in, back in the day their primary tasks you know were scouting the artist um financing the production the music production um distributing right and distributing at that time was actual hardware like you know uh, physical vinyls and the relationship with retail stores um and then of course the marketing right or as um it's known in the industry as anr uh, which is basically you know not just marketing but also developing the artist more like a mentor mentor as role but of course um now what's happening is the labels in terms of distribution it's really there's no real distribution anymore right in in the sense their relationship with retailers is quite useless because most of the um you know music consumption happens digitally um and of course as a that's possible only because the file types are digital you don't need vinyls and physical you know cds and what not um and and so just it, and and of course scouting and you know scouting also has become much easier because of social media anyone can really go and find new artists at, of course assuming the artist is on social media which is pretty it's a fair assumption nowadays right um so what i'm trying to get at is the labels while of course they pro, they you know offer really they, they offer value to the industry that value has been diminishing over time now if you ask me their the most significant role is attributed to say financing right uh, actually providing the money uh, which as we'll discuss can is you know arguably is also going to go away with the rise of you know crowdfunding via crypto and what not but also the other main thing is just marketing now right just being able to this relationships with say the dsps um to get you know to say the key the 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 high value real estate on spotify like the the new new playlist of the day or whatever it may be um so so it's become marketing so their value add is reduced over time right and 
this is causing a lot of this this is where you know the um issue step right uh now before i take a pause let me just go through the issues right to just wrap this up full circle um like i mentioned uh the industry value is suboptimal right um as a result of this creator monetization or like artist monetization for the long tail of artists is unsustainable right to say the least um that's 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 a really big issue right only the only the top 0.1% really make any money um and and when they make money they make a real a, a really lot of money um but you know, the vast majority cannot sustain a living of just music production um second issue is in the industry there are too many middlemen right there is a reason for this one is of course just because back in the day it was a much more complex endeavor to you know create a song and you know manufacture it and distribute it to the retailers and what not but also because of content rights right uh, what about a song that has been you know developed or created by say 10 15 various entities and then has been you know played live halfway across the world which has different legal you know um, constraints or not so just to solve for that there's many middlemen um which of course you know is an, is a reason one of the reasons why creator monetization is very difficult because each middleman takes a cut um another issue is that um and of course all these issues are interlinked these are not in isolation or anything like that um another issue is that you know royalties uh are very um i mean they're, they're very hefty of course because labels require require um a large percentage of the future revenues by a creator because as i mentioned earlier they actually finance the creation of the art before the art is made so in essence as we mentioned in the in the audio episode they are like vcs right they have to um make bets on many artists out of which maybe one or two will do well which will recoup the losses of the rest so they have to inherently take a lot of future money from the artists themselves right and and one more thing on the royalties is because of the various middlemen and all just the lead time right um from when the royalty is earned to when it's actually distributed can go from anywhere from months to years um which is again you know not really good um another another thing which is very very uh, you know another issue which is very large is the is metadata inconsistency right um now it's a bit difficult to really you know understand why this is so without being from the industry but um one way to think about it is every dsp or every streaming service has its own proprietary algorithm to you know for for discovery and what not um and each of them require their own unique you know metadata uh, or set of metadata right so for each artist to you know distribute their song to each dsp in their own unique metadata with the same time of having those you know deadlines to hit by you know various entities things get a bit messy right that's just one example but i think that should give you a picture right and and this of course is an issue when it comes to artist discovery so when the metadata is not correct the the streaming services cannot really you know find the necessary artist to show to the user but also royalties then you know the calculation goes haywire um so that's why this is a very big issue in fact um another point which is relates to the first point i made which of the industry value being 
less is that you know the rapid evolution of technology and especially you know something like a napster coming into existence and since then say something like a spotify or apple app music which allows you know basically or even youtube for that matter free streaming right um of course for ads but still so it's for all intents purposes it's free um, has made the the willingness for the average user to pay for music it's like it's gone to zero right almost um we don't really it's a, it's we see this commodity the average user um so it's hard really to monetize via pure streaming which you know is the main form really you know of consumption of the product of this industry um so there is an interesting um conflict there um and lastly you know um and i think this was well uh, illustrated by a multi coin by um kyle smoney that the labels um and the artists right even though they are on you know prime of face working together the evolution that i've just described right over time of the whole industry has made it so that labels optimize for revenue streams because that's where their um their compensation their financial up, uh, you know upside comes from but at the same time artists they're optimizing for non streaming revenues because their financial upside comes majority from that and to really and, and the reason this is so is because of the way you know music copy, copyright and copy, music licensing exists um i won't get into the nitty gritty details of this but essentially you know there is a set of royalties that are assigned for a music stream whereas whereas there's a, there's you know different royalties for a live performance of the same um of the same music uh, so so because of such um you know phenomena in the industry this claim is in fact true right um so so yeah so i mean uh just there the, there's some interesting statistics right i mean if you look at the music streaming revenue um in 99 uh, or i should say uh, revenue from music consumption uh in 99 was higher than in 2018 right <laughs> so that is that those numbers support um all these various issues that i've mentioning and another last thing i'll just say before i take a pause is from 1 million plays on spotify you'll make you know less than 4000 dollars um as of 2020 um which is which is absurd right i mean yeah it's absurdly <laughs> I mean, low yeah so so yeah so i'll take a pause here yash any 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 thoughts comments questions yeah so um i just want to like kind of summarize what you what everything you said so if you look at music let's say in the 60s and 70s you, as you said the cost of music production was quite high because you know there was no digital like there was no laptops computers where people could just go and make music they had to buy instruments they had to find other people to make music with like a band etc then they had to make the music somehow then they had to con- go to a record label and convince them to fund you know them recording the album or the you know the ep or whatever and then after that the record label sets the terms entirely and the artist was just kind of at the mercy of the record label so because of this they've they've you know accumulated a lot of power and wealth over the years so they can be thought of as the biggest vc funds of the world but for music so like a sequoia or something even though 
uh, in today's day and age, people don't, you know, value a Sequoia deal as much as they used to because it's become so commonplace. And, you know, now there are so many other, you know, VC funds that are new. There are also private investors that are big names. So there's a complete shift. And that shift should also come to the music industry because that cost of production has gone down. So that means a lot of more entrants have come into the market, lots more artists recording. But if music labels accrue all of that value, newer artists are not incentivized to come in and make more music, right? So because the cost of production has gone down, but, but at the same time, the cost of streaming music has also gone down, the total amount of money available in the industry is lower or stagnant, as you said, from your revenue figures, right? But if record labels are still accruing all the value for even newer entrants coming in, the industry as a whole is not going to grow. So you need a way to kind of cut out the middleman so that all this, you know, revenue, which is still flat, get, gets accrued straight to the mm -hmm. artist because actually they're getting less and less of the pie as time goes on instead of more and more. So, I mean, I guess crypto is a way that people think can flip that whole narrative and change the relationships between, you know, artists and fans and kind of ensure that even if a artist has a limited number of fans, if people are, uh, you know, incentivized to help them monetize in the right way by, let's say, helping them invest in early NFT drops, etc., then, you know, they can get a cut of the artist's revenue and fans can become investors instead of fans just listening and not really, you know, even if they love an artist, they can't really participate in the artist's success and record labels, they don't really care about the artist, they just care about making money. So the, basically the record label needs to be taken out of this equation to balance it out now because it's becoming more and more unsustainable. Right. Absolutely. And and just to, you know, uh, put some, just, just to really run through an example to drive home the point of why labels are, you know, just such a big issue in the industry today. An average deal, you know, uh, uh, from a label to an up-and-coming artist, you know, someone who has, say, um, you know, a, a million or a couple million streams on Spotify. So someone who's an ad, who's some, who's a, someone who's an established up-and-comer, right? The average deal they would get is something like, you know, half a million dollar advance, right? Um, but at the same time, they would have to do an 80-20 split uh, of the, you know, the rights of their, of their, uh, the content that they create. 8020 to the label, right? And this whole structure would last for, you know, around three projects or 30 songs, you know, um, the lower off. And at the same time, they would have to stick and abide by this for around 10 to 15 years before they can, you know, request ownership back. Um, so if you just think about it, you don't need half a million dollars to, you know, create 30 songs. With half a million dollars, you can create so much more, right? Um, and of course, you can talk about marketing if it comes in handy enough, marketing. But to give up 80, 20, 80% 80 of your revenues, does it make sense? Are there alternate methods? Um, I think many would agree there are, right? Um, so, so yeah, so I mean, I think that perfectly encapsulates how the how predatory their deals are at the given, uh, at, at, in today's day and age, um, right? So, but you're absolutely right that, you know, there are web three introduces, um, you know, uh, 
other ways that which increase the total pie essentially uh, of the industry. Um, so I'll just get into that now. Um, and to kick things off, I think it's a very interesting stat that, uh, you know, Cooper totally, um, you know, uh, someone who's really, you know, knee deep in the space, uh, mentioned in one of his podcasts that, you know, 25 NFTs sold at 0.1 ETH, um, is equal to 1 million revenues on a streaming service. Right. Um, so 1 million streams. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, 0.1 ETH is not less money, but I think the point that this brings out is that you need to find, you need to reach a substantially low amount of people to add, to generate the same amount of value. Right. Um, and I think the broader point here is one, of course, crypto does financialize the music industry to a certain extent, like it does for any industry. Um, but at the same time, it really creates deeper relationships and allows for deeper engagement between artists and and fans right and i think that yeah. the second point is very overlooked right now maybe given the you know the narrative of crypto um right so so yeah with that um i have a cup i've noted down a couple you know reasons why i think Web3 makes sense. Web3 technologies make sense for, you know, fans and artists. So let's just go through that. And then maybe if you have something to, you know, add on to that, or maybe something missed out, right? We can go over those two. So from the fan side, starting off, um, I think definitely social status and bragging rights, right? Is something that is very, very, uh, you know, that we've already seen provably, right? I mean, we went over this even in, in our NFT episode, right? How to analyze a... Um, NFT project. Uh, so for, so just to, you know, um, give some more insight, imagine, imagine you discovered an artist, right? Um, right now, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but like, I'm someone who really loves music. So I take pride in having, you know, discovered say an artist before they really blow up. Um, but right now it's limited to, um, you know, just making that claim, but with NFTs, um, right, which is the main use case, right, of music of Web three in, in in the music context, um, I can do that provably, and I can, you know, um, which brings me to brings me to the next point. I can actually uh, participate in the upside of that NFT or that you know um, uh, artist if it if he or she blows up, right. So so far we have social status or bragging rights. Second, we have you know. Um, financial appreciation, financial upside. Um, and third, from a fan perspective, I think Web3 is really good because it allows for, like I was mentioning earlier, a, a more direct um, engagement or relationship, relationship with um, artists. And one example of this is if I have bought an NFT super early on in, a, in an artist's career, the artist knows that I've done that, provably. So when he wants to reward his, you know, early fans or his super fans, then he can directly reach out to me and I can actually, you know, experience whatever he has, he or she has in mind, which, um, you know, is, is, is not, which is possible in today's technology with, with web technologies, but it just has, um, you know, much more friction to actually do so, uh, essentially because of the provenance that, you know, um, doesn't exist with centralized databases. Um, so yeah, I think from a fan perspective, that's one of the main three things. Do you, do you have any, you know, anything to add on to that? 
yeah, I mean, the main problem that, you know, crypto kind of solves for is the fundraising part for artists, right? So let's say an artist wants to, you know, raise money or needs money to mm-hmm. produce a kick-ass album and he maybe has one track, but he wants to produce that full album. He would traditionally have to, you know, either scrape by money from friends and family or you'd have to approach a record label and give away a, part, a large part of his earnings. But what crypto does it is it allows like investments to be crowdsourced from a bunch of people who actually want you to succeed and don't just look at you as just another investment, right? Because a record label, even though they may invest in you, they might not love your music or, you know, be aligned with your values or what kind of cultural message you're trying to bring out. They just are looking at, can this guy make us money, right? Or can this girl make us money? But with crypto, you release a song, for example, or you have a following and let's say, you know, you have a decent enough following, then you decide to drop an NFT project or some kind of token your closest fans will be following you and instead of a you know like a record label coming and investing your closest fans can come in and invest and be a part of your success and this kind of relationship between artist and fan has never it has never been financial right it's always been i love the music mm-hmm. and you know it's always kind of bragging rights to your friend for example like i discovered this song first etc but your friend, you know, it's not really provable and you're not really gaining anything out of it. Now you can prove to other people that, hey, I found this guy before, he is blown up now. And I was, you know, part of him achieving that success and I'm also profiting from it, right? So there's way more reasons now for users to actually go and try and discover music, etc. because now they can participate in the upside. Obviously, the model has not been figured out exactly as to, you know, how would you drop an NFT project and design it? And what cut of your profits would you give to, you know, your NFT holders, etc. But that's probably going to be solved, you know, in the near future. But the idea still is very solid, quite clearly. Absolutely. And I think this, I think your point perfectly segues to the artist benefits, um, uh, you know, from Web3 <laughs> technology. So one, like you rightfully mentioned, is the new paradigm for artist financing and as a corollary um artist discovery right because financing of course you can crowd you know you can crowdsource from your super fans early adopters and at the same time then they have a vested interest a vested financial interest to tell people about that right um so it's almost like organic marketing you could call it right it's uh, uh and not just the early adopters even people you know say say for example i have um I have bought an NFT super early on in an artist career and I gifted it to someone. Now the person I've gifted it to, even though they are not an early adopter per se, they still have a vested interest to make this artist, you know, um, more known, right? So I think artist financial uh, financing and artist discovery is very, very important points that you mentioned. On top of that, I think, you know, um, on the flip side from user benefiting from direct fan artist engagement, of course, you know, artists also benefit from that and they can actually do that via, you know, so token gating essentially via social tokens or NFTs. Um, so, so that's definitely works both ways. Um, of course, like we also mentioned is that NFTs and, and, um, tokens really, they act as a new monetization channel altogether, right. Uh, as of now, 
um you know artists are, are earning via you know streams essentially and i'm talking about within the music industry they're earning from music streams um and you know uh, so digital consumption and physical consumption right uh, physical means going on the road touring um and of course then you have merchandise right but nfts is essentially a new product altogether right uh, so like i mentioned earlier 25 nfts sold at 0.1 eth um is equal to 1 million streams but those two aren't you know uh, either or they both can exist so we are essentially increasing the pie right um so that's something that's very interesting uh, and and at the same time nfts allows for um value to be captured even when content is like you know remixed right um so going back to the one of the core tenets of crypt, of web3 and cryptos you know composability right now with nfts um something that's interesting that's happening is from a song um or, i mean this is being experimented with from a song each stem or like each you know uh, atomic unit of that song is being you know be, is 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 being created into an, F, an an nft and then um you know so for example like the the drum the bass okay. the different instruments beats etc they all broken down into their constituent constituent parts and they can be individually monetized as well yeah exactly and like you know uh, i can you know propose create a song have these individual parts as nfts and then someone else can use the exact same components but mix them up in a completely different manner but i will still gain some upside right so while composable composability is happening and you know art is being created on top of my original art i'm still you know um, participating in the upside if that does well right right uh, so that that's another super interesting part another benefit from artists is when you have on chain you know um on chain uh, data then you can imagine a world where a good you know some some portion of royalties at least if not all can you know uh, become more transparent and much more efficient in terms of when it's owned and when it's actually distributed um, maybe not all maybe you know there will still be some edge cases or maybe there will be significant number of cases but at least you can imagine a world where royalties from some um, sources do do reach the um, rightful owner quickly instantaneously ideally right um so that's also something that's interesting and last thing i'll mention is you know um artists get more autonomy really in monetization right um one is of course if they just own more of their rights they can choose to monetize uh, however they like but native to crypto right is something like micropayments micropayments were just you know because of their very nature difficult to process on existing financial infrastructure um but crypto is changing that and now uh, artists can you know just you know uh, choose to only stream a song if they get say 0.001% or 0.001 uh, dollar or whatever currency right uh, but key point is they are deciding that it's not been told to them by say spotify or someone um another interesting another just interesting example of this is there was a whole concept of the the bowie bonds so david bowie um, you know famous artist um he back in the day uh, conceptualized this where essentially you know he he sold these bowie bonds as you know financial uh, instruments um and promised the purchasers 
future cash flows of his music. So the same thing is possible, but just with more sophisticated technology. Um, whereas I'm not, I'm sure he, he had to, you know, um, jump through significant hurdles to actually make this possible. And, and to be honest, I'm not too sure how successful it was, but the concept is very sound, right? Um, and, and crypto definitely allows for this to happen. Um, maybe it's, you know, uh, DeFi is still in a very nascent state, but you can see how this could play out. Right. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, I think this is, I think we've covered at least the main benefits of web three from a web three music, from a fan perspective and an artist perspective, right. Um, cool. So I think I'll just close this part off by saying that there's this interesting, you know, flywheel that Kuputoli uh, also mentioned in collaboration with Bankless that it's all starts the whole um, music, Web3 music ecosystem, but more, but also, I guess, the creator economy ecosystem because music NFTs and music Web3 is a subset of that. Um, it begins with content, right? Um, and then the content leads to collection, which is the one, one of the novelties of uh, Web3, right? Because you can own something. And this collection leads to community building, which then leads to new content being created, right? Via UGC and whatnot. Um, and, and this is essentially how the whole flywheel starts for an artist to actually use Web3 technologies um, to sustain a living, really, which was not possible earlier. And one thing I will add to this is, I think, it's not just collection as a middle step. I think it's collection and curation, right? Because um, when only the initial believers of any content, or any artist actually spend the time to, you know, uh, make it accessible and, and make and really develop the narrative of that particular artist, only then does a community actually, you know, develop. Um, so I think it's content, then collection and curation. <laughs> Communities then get built which then leads to content and then, you know, the flywheel starts. Um, so I think that's, I think that, that, that wraps up this section. Um, shall I, shall I just move on to, um, you know, the current landscape? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Awesome. So I'll just share my screen. Um, there's this really interesting, uh, uh, map that Cooper totally once again has put together. Um, and that'll just tell you where exactly we are, right? Um, give me one second. Okay. I think it should be up. Yep. Visible. Yep. So as you see, I mean, definitely, I think right now we are very, very early on, um, in this, uh, in this space, um, more so than even I, I say, uh, you know, DeFi, which is also <laughs> early on, but you can already see that there's a lot of experimentation going on. Um, and a lot of experiment experimentation going on in all the various aspects of the industry, right? So from say, you know, um, I just, just pure streaming. So distribution, right. In, in, in today's, uh, uh, in, in today's industry, in the today's, in today's, um, uh, industry structure, 
so your audience we've already covered but there are also you know four five others um then you have you know in terms of royalties you have you know three four companies trying to attack that particular vertical um you have web3 native labels right um that are you know leveraging the whole concept of a dao uh, to to really you know focus on what labels should actually be doing because of the aforementioned you know uh, disconnect that has really evolved over in the in recent times um then you have you know music uh, web3 native companies just starting events right what does a web3 native event look like one example is you know metaverse concerts i think that's something that's i would arguably say post proof of concept stage right because it's already existed it's already happened and and the reception has been good for example the travis scott concert in and uh, you know ariana grande concert and i think it was fortnite or roblox one of the one of the metaverses right um uh, so you agencies you have you have collectibles right um you have research right so you have literally every single aspect of the industry um is being experimented tinkered with and i think of course consolidation is needed i definitely think you know a lot of these projects are overlapping um and an example of that would be just uh nft music nft marketplaces right so you have um the likes of sound that are that you know allow artists to mint nfts um in addition so like you could have you know 50 nfts of one particular song and then you know and users can go and purchase that and then at the same time you have something like a catalog which allows the same thing but they only allow one of ones right um and then you have something like a royal which really focuses on the um the the particular the, the niche of royalty distribution so if an artist you mint your song the user actually when he buys it it's always going to have a royalty distribution or that's the niche that they're focusing on right so i think they're all entering with uh at, at different uh you know focuses with different focuses but i think consolidation is definitely uh something to look out for going forward right and then of course we have some nikozora which we covered which is at a more fundamental layer right in terms of nft metadata which is not just restricted to music but also um all media types really right um so i think yeah do you have any 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 questions on how the current landscape is shaping up not a question just a observation that clearly this is so fragmented right now and it's you know going forward as we see in most tech there's always you know in an initial period where you know there's lots of innovation happening lots of new entrants lots of companies protocols building things but it always leads to consolidation in the future and we've seen that with web2 companies as well where you know there's lots of competition for spotify and apple music in the past as lots of different streaming services and now it's kind of consolidated into apple apple music spotify and maybe two three others like pandora tidal you know maybe soundcloud youtube but by and large the industry is consolidated into these um you know these five or six streaming services and everyone now accesses music mainly through streaming services right so there needs to be a a web3 or crypto version of you know a streaming service that has the ui and uh, you know the ease of use as a spotify or an apple music but with a uh, better creator monetization and you know fan engagement possible through that app and how whoever you know solves for this problem is probably unlocking an insane amount of value and going you know, to keep it because it's a more efficient 
model as compared to you know Spotify or Apple Music because you're moving from platforms to protocols, which is the whole thesis of crypto in general, where platforms were great. You know, they allowed you know rapid scaling and mass usage of certain tech, but it always was poor monetization because the platform would accrue the most value and the creators and the users would be left with nothing. And again, crypto is trying to flip that. And in this case, it's no, it's no different. So you want to build a protocol that will do the same thing a platform can, but you know, reward the users of the stakeholders of that ecosystem better. Yep. I think, I think, yeah, I think that's absolutely bang on. Um, so, I mean, I think, I think it's difficult to say when this evolution will happen. Um, but you know, uh, I guess time will tell. Um, but yeah, just, just wrapping this up on how current artists are really using, you know, the technology at the moment, I think it's fairly, you know, I can count them on my fingers really. You have, of course you have your, you know, music NFTs sold as one of ones or, you know, editions, um, that's primarily as, um, collectibles, right. Then you have uh, a fractional ownership of songs. So royalties can be, you know distributed amongst the early, um, you know, uh, people who bought the NFT or whatnot. Um, then you have, you know, um, NFTs distributed on uh, or during live events, just as, as, a, as a proof of attendance, right? Um, and then of course you have uh, utility NFTs, which can be incorporated in any of the above three that I mentioned, um, but basically giving access, various forms of access. I think, I think this is prim primarily right. Uh, the way NFTs, music NFTs, are being used. Uh, have you come across any other, uh, any other? You know. Uh... I mean, I I think I don't know. I've not really come across too many models that make sense to me yet. But if I had to do it a certain way, it would be that uh, you know there should be a protocol which works like Spotify, but it's not gated the way Spotify is. So anyone can go and upload content to this particular protocol. Maybe you need to pay a minimum fee to upload it. And then every time a user probably plays your content or likes your song or saves it to a playlist, they pay a small microtransaction for that amount, okay? So overall, it should be that the user pays the same amount because even though, you know, Web2 platforms like Spotify, Apple Music take a lot of the value, it's still really good for the user, right? Because you're paying you know, maybe $10 a month where you're getting unlimited access to whatever music you want. You can download as many songs as you realistically want to. Uh, so it needs to be a similar experience. But at the same time, uh, all this value, all these microtransactions, etc., whatever users are paying, it'll all go mostly directly to the uh, artists themselves. So as a whole, even though the user is paying the same amount, the artist will earn a lot more because the platform is not taking a massive cut in the middle, mm -hmm. right? And you can they can structure it in such a way that the protocol will take less money than a Spotify, but it'll stick, still take some money because the creators of the protocol need some incentive to make the protocol in the first place, right? Because mm -hmm. no one's trying to make stuff for free, obviously. So they make less money than a Spotify, but they still make money. And they also capture market share because it's cheaper. Oh, it's not cheaper. It's uh, artists know that they're going to be rewarded a lot more on this protocol as compared to a Spotify, right? So you need you need this kind of a user experience, but also a better monetization model. And 
there'll be automatic you know mm-hmm. a movement of artists from uh, you know web 2 platforms to web web 3 protocols and then the user has no choice but to follow the artist because that's where the best music is where the best artists are releasing their music etc right yeah you, you know some that's something something that's interesting that i just uh, you know during the research of this episode that i came across was the spotify cross margin right is 70% right um, uh, sorry is 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 30% 70% is their cost of goods essentially right so just looking at that i mean 30% cut while hefty is not you know uh, a lot in the grand scheme of things right um because 70% is still from this it looking looks like it goes to the artist right but the issue lies in out of that 70% um you know the actual artist payout from spotify to the next entity in the valuation is around 60% right um uh, 10% being their you know variable cost um 60% out of, out of that 60% chunk artists still only get you know say 10% so that actual mean um you know the 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 part where their value you know basically disappears seems to be the label more than yeah the streaming service right i mean maybe you know web2 platforms can change their model and kind of keep up with the times also it doesn't have to be an entirely new protocol it means mm-hmm. imagine spotify completely flips this model on its head and tells artists that you know we'll start issuing nfts or we'll go on chain or whatever i don't know i don't know i'm just like spitballing but yeah the innovation can come from anywhere yeah yeah no definitely i think i think i mean i think innovation from the dsp side or the label side i mean both are going to unlock a lot of value for artists so i'm sure both yeah are welcome for them uh, from that yeah i mean a 50% cut is going straight to labels right and then really not adding 50% worth of value so label should be cut out and it should be you know daos that are you know run by a bunch of different users all over the world who want to come together and you know sponsor and help artists etc and they have a vested interest in doing so because they are putting their own money on the line this time right right yeah and i think i think this this is perfect now to move into um you know the concluding part of the episode which is what is possible in the short term and what's possible in the long term right i think short term it's very evident that what's happening now is going to persist at least in the immediate future which is it's going to be isolated to being collectibles right that's where most of the um, the the you know perception of value is going to lie um, and 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 some statistics to back that up is you know in on spotify 85000 songs are uploaded per week and um less than 100 songs are minted uh in a week so that that that, that shows you the difference in uh, usage really of technology itself so i think that shows how early we are right um so in the short term i think that's i mean do you have an alternate point of view on that uh no not really maybe i mean it the uh... counterpoint to that could be that there's the current way that crypto is trying to monetize web3 music is just not reach product market fit yet so 
maybe hundred songs are only being minted because users don't most users don't care enough to go and mint an NFT. They just want ease of use. Like personally, yeah, I would love to support an artist I really like. But the way I listen to music nowadays is I go on Spotify, I go to Discover Weekly or different playlists, and I just kind of randomly go through different songs. And if I like it, I save it. Right. So I don't think I'm a massive fan anymore as such of too many artists and I wouldn't really care to invest in the long-term success of any artist in particular right now. So mm. maybe, I mean, maybe that's the discrepancy that, you know, there's just so many artists out there and so much music that you can't, there's, there's no concept of those big albums that there used to be in the past, right? Because earlier there was lesser artists and more marketing done around just those few artists. So most people would congregate and listen to those same songs and, the artists that blew up would get crazy fan followings. I don't know if that's how it's going to continue in the future because there's just so many more artists. So maybe those more artists could monetize better using crypto because they can, you know, earn money from a smaller percentage of super fans. But I just don't see myself as being a super fan of any particular artist in the future just because of the variety of options out there for me to listen to music. So, I mean... Yeah, but I mean, maybe, maybe that it's more the friction to actually be a quote unquote super fan, because right now, um, you know, if you want to do, if you want to invest in say, you know, someone you've discovered, like you mentioned, you are discovering new artists by using Spotify playlist, but if it was, you know, on the three dot menu of Spotify to, you know, say buy, you know, their NFT, their new launch, which is, you know, whatever price, maybe you do it. Maybe the right now just going to these various platforms, connecting wallet is, you know, where you drop off as a, as a potential uh, user. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there'll be a future where, you know, like if let's say I, I, for example, I think my music is obviously, I think my music is good. Right. So let's say that I create a playlist of lots of different artists with, you know, all their different music, maybe curators can also be rewarded for their efforts right let's say as a curator i add my i add an artist song to my playlist and because of my curation he gets more plays maybe there's some kind of mechanism where i also get a part of the reward for being a good curator right maybe there's a a platform protocol which has a ranking service you know the best curators are ranked or the best playlists of the week are ranked and if an artist song is on your playlist and it gets ranked then you automatically get a share to you know whatever he earns from just people coming and playing music from my playlist, right? So maybe that you can incentivize other people also like curators, etc., to, you know, actually care about curating it better because they can also maybe earn from it. Right. No, absolutely. And, and interestingly, Zora does have that uh, feature. It allows NFTs to, you know, uh, allows uh, minters to um, encode this exact uh, item, which is a curation fee or whatever curation commission so that's definitely something that i do agree um that you know is in the long term definitely one of the avenues of revenue generation you know discovery uh methods uh and so on but but yeah so let's just quickly you know wrap this up by going through the long-term um promises really uh that that we've discussed already but uh some last touch points that i'd like to like to make is i still think middlemen will exist right uh, like I mentioned earlier, I don't think Web3 is going to completely disintermediate all middlemen. I think that's unrealistic. 
uh, case in point was you know in terms of royalties what i was mentioning that that songs are still going to be played off chain in across geographies so you're still going to need these middlemen to really you know just keep a tab on everything and ensure values attributed to the right people um second i still think web2 will play a large role in in uh, discovery and music consumption um or web2 or web2.5 whatever you want to call it um uh, like in terms of large uh, you know entities like like spotify like the dsps really to really shift that whole uh, habit consumption habit to a web3 native platform like a audius um i don't see how that will you know be a 10x uh, upgrade that will actually incentivize that huge um shift because it's you know has its own frictions um so i think you know spotify in in the intermediate to long term is still going to be you know where the value of the nft eventually comes from right uh, so more more streams on spotify equals to the nft actually being more valuable um right and of course like i was mentioning earlier the 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 discover weekly playlist is still going to be that real estate for music key real estate for music music discovery um so i, I don't think that's going to go anytime um one thing that you mentioned rightfully was you know the um, music vc dows right uh, in terms of crowdsourcing the discovery right of of new artists and and this also i think you were mentioning last uh, last time on the audio episodes is something multi coin is very bullish on um right uh so so i mean i'm personally not i i mean that whole thesis right was that label functions right are going to be um or you know what labels used to do and what they're doing now um is just going to be co-opted in a much better fashion by daos essentially in a dao structure um so from scouting uh, financing marketing and then you know distribution um is all going to be consolidated by this one entity called a music vc dao um personally i i, I mean i i see it's possibility but i don't think that it's necessary right um scouting and financing sure that can be done you know through a dao collective for sure um because you know you need that treasury to finance it you need that governance and what not and, and then the scouting is because the dao is you know distributor in nature um can be crowdsourced but then um i mean i'll and i'll i'll, 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 I'll you know uh, ask you this from from a marketing perspective right can't why does that need to be consolidated why can't that just be done by a agency that is you know that is specialized in that domain right um and from okay. a distributor so, standpoint the way i see it is um crypto and tokens inherently they they have a aspect of marketing to them right if like even in defi example tokens are used as a method of customer acquisition basically right and i mean it's not a sustainable model but they still use liquidity mining to incentivize people people bringing in more liquidity into the platform so there's you know deeper liquidity better more efficient markets so more users come in etc they can kind of do the same thing for web3 music where you use tokens as your inherent marketing device so you i mean i'm not sure exactly what model they would employ but you can finartis releases a token that automatically garners him attention maybe not from the music world but from the crypto world but if you know more and more people are kind of become habituated to crypto 
and they hear about this news, etc. And more and more artists start getting in to these kind of Web3 models, then that's at least early adopters get that free marketing just because they're crypto native as compared to just a normal artist, right? So yeah, maybe you do need marketing agencies, but I think there'll be entirely new forms and models used to market that were not possible only in the web two world. Yeah, no, definitely. I think forms of marketing will exist, uh, will will come to be. But my my only, you know, contention here is um, marketing is, you know, a, 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 a complex activity on its own, right? It has a lot of moving parts, um, which are, you know, completely different from say the scouting and financing aspects. So when you have, you know, marketing, a, a, a whole new domain, um, and of course, web two marketing isn't going anywhere. I mean, I, th I, I think that's, it's going to be a hybrid uh, context. We're going to be living yeah. in. So agencies that have already their web two expertise and that develop a web three expertise, just as you know, how, um, how, you know, offline marketing had to develop online marketing skills. Now online marketing skills have to develop web three skills, right? I think that whole phenomenon of marketing agencies, I, I, I don't know. I, I personally feel that that is a better setup to actually execute on the objectives of marketing as opposed to say a VC DAO trying to do everything. I mean, I don't know. I guess this is something that we'll see how it plays out really. Um, yeah, I mean, it could also be different DAOs that have different functions and use each other's resources correct. also, right? It could, I mean, DAOs basically they need to function as efficiently as companies. So only, it only makes sense for a DAO to do the things they're doing if they're efficient at it, right? If they're just going to become a conglomerate and they kind of suck at everything, yeah, then yeah. the DAO is not going to succeed. So, Correct. yeah, I mean, I don't know if we'll see, you know, very, very general music VC DAOs that do everything because then they just become decentralized record labels and maybe that model isn't best. And maybe you need specialization where there's a discovery DAO, there's a marketing DAO, there's a, you know collaboration i don't know like different things yeah. you can DAOs can do and kind of be the best at that particular thing correct no no fair, fair point i think it's the same issue with with any company really exists yeah no, they're not good at like, the more you kind of branch out from your specialization the tougher it is to you know find synergies and correct. the more you have to spend to kind of be efficient at the next thing you want to do right right Absolutely. Um, so just to just one last point that I think is absolutely vital really is the industry's approach to and when I say industry, I mean the whole music industry as a whole, um, all the stakeholders, their approach to copyright, right, will in my opinion, you know, determine the success of web three music, right? And 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 um the reason I say this is because of course, you know, copyright has to be figured out. Um, I think, you know, and I think eventually it will, but how it does right, is, is, is what will make the difference. And what I mean by that is if you take the gaming and music example again, right. If you just compare those two industries, um, they both have a whole bunch of UGC. I mean, UGC is actually the lifeblood of, um, gaming really, right. Through streaming and whatnot. Um, but if you look into the evolution of that industry, the the gaming stakeholders they embraced UGC. They did not, you know, clamp down on, uh, you know, when you know XYZ copyright has 
was uh, you know uh, whatever violated or whatever uh, at the same time music did that they you know uh, napster and then of course the whole slew of uh, incidents all the way from all the way to you know soundcloud and i mean i'm sure you're more than aware of how music has been you know has been, music copyright has been a pretty complex beast uh, again and it has worked against artists so i think the, how the approach copyright with this web3 paradigm will eventually determine its success and how value if if value eventually if significant value eventually transfers to the artist right um right so yeah i mean i think i think that that's all i have from my yeah. side yeah if i were to say a closing point is um a crucial question that needs to be answered and that all our listeners and anyone interested in the space should kind of be aware of is whether you know music is going to go from web 2 to web 2.5 or web 2 to web 3 and whether there needs to be you know kind of zero to one type progress made and a completely revolutionary new way of listening to music or is the existing way good enough if just a few tweaks are made to it right because spotify apple music have built up massive user bases and there's inherent network effects in having such a large number of users right and they are not going to give up their users without a fight so is it that platforms will pivot somehow and you know to stem the you know creators leaving and trying to monetize through crypto maybe they better their terms etc they renegotiate the record or labels etc or is it just going to be you know in the next 10 years we're going to be listening to music in a completely different way where nfts are the norm and you know micro transactions on protocols are how you listen to music and artists do get a lion's share of the profits like they rightfully deserve so it's a you know it's an open question that no one really knows the answer to and i think that's the most crucial question that you'll end up realizing that you need to figure out right because that's where the value of crypto will be seen or it won't be seen yep awesome i think i think that's a good place to end um so yep. so with that thanks thanks guys for tuning into another episode of the genesis blog podcast um until the next episode take care see you guys peace Thank you.